This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And remember to include the name The Scoreless Sort of Podcast in your application. Thank you. Man there trying to stop Joe from getting himself into further trouble. It's not a bad ball for Pelle on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was. Carlos Alberto. Welcome back to another episode of the Scoreless Thriller podcast. I'm joined as always by my trusty assistant manager, Leon, the Steve McLaren to my Alex Ferguson, the Peter Taylor to my Brian Clough, my Pat Rice to my Arsene Wenger, the Roy King to my Martin O'Neill, the uh, black-haired guy to the Jurgen Klopp, um, <laughs> the huge team behind Pep Guardiola. Leon, how this are you doing? Is, this is amazing. Wow. So happy to be here. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> yeah, and also joining us today, making a day performance on the podcast, is Rob. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Mm. In in preparation for this podcast, I asked you to prepare two questions, you know, just to assert your 
football knowledge to establish some football credentials for yourself. So yeah. Um, the first question was, who was your favorite footballer when you were 10 years old? As a footballer myself at the time, it was probably my peak. I think after, after <laughs> peak so, at 10. Yeah, after turning 10, I just played it less and less. And now all I do is watch it. So yeah, I mean, uh, I might shock you with this answer because you know I'm a, I'm a Norwich fan. Can, can I guess currently. beforehand? Of course, yeah. I'm is, it, is it Darren Huckerby? It's not. Now, it should, it should be, but I have a confession to make. At the age of 10, I would have considered myself a Man United fan. Oh my and God. I know, I know. This is reveal. It shames me to say, but I have to be honest, you know, uh, in case anyone I knew listened to this, then uh, they'd call me out on lying if I didn't come... You know, uh, tell the I'm not truth sure now. I want you to stay on the podcast now. <laughs> it's fine. I, I hate them now, so it's it's all good. Okay. So who anyway, was your favourite? Yeah. Uh, so, Roy Keane? Yeah. No, it wasn't Keane. Keane. It was, Keane. Uh, so I was a left mid in my 10-year-old uh, uh, peak footballing oh, right. uh, career. Did you uh, steal so. your brother's girlfriend as well? or? <laughs> <laughs> no. But yes, it was Giggsy. So uh, Giggs. Yeah, I had a Man United shirt with gigs on the back, number 11, and yeah, I was uh, pretty obsessed with gigs and how yeah. he played. I think uh, it was kind of around the time they won the treble, I guess. Uh, yeah, like 1999, yeah, that was the season. Uh, so yeah, it was ever since watching it. Was it the FA Cup final he scored? No, the semi-final. Semi-final. Where he runs down yeah. the wing and you're like, why and doesn't he any fucking yeah. Arsenal player <laughs> just take him out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah. it was Giggsy. Okay, uh, it was Giggsy. What is your favourite football match? Or what is the kind of most memorable Okay, yeah, match? so I, I thought about this one quite a lot. Okay. Uh, so I think I've, I, I kind of want to cheat and say more than one football match for different reasons. Okay, so... Okay. The first uh, match that came to my mind when you asked was the most recent one in uh, Norwich's season this year that gave me pure joy, and that was beating Man City earlier in uh, the season. And it was mainly because uh, I was in a bar in Manchester watching it and the only Norwich fan celebrating as we won. So mm. it kind of had the, had the uh, added element of fear to it as well in case I was going to get beaten up yeah, very dangerous setting <laughs> yeah. man oh, I loved it yeah. and everyone was good sport to be honest did uh, you go full out though like celebration wise yeah did you have a yeah, Norwich there, there is video footage I can show you of me like jumping up in front of the big screen and stuff when we when the full time whistle went off and uh, yeah it's crazy because wow. Norwich have won like what five games this season yeah maybe? yeah this uh, was what? one of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, enough. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to dwell on Norwich this season okay, at the moment. No, no. <laughs> but no, uh, I think my all-time favourite Norwich game was one I actually went to. I yeah. don't know about you guys, but I think going to a game and being in the stands is a completely different experience. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've never had a bad experience at a live game. Like the game yeah. could be the worst nil-nil draw, but it's just like it's just exponentially better than just watching a game on TV. Yeah, of course. But yeah, so. It was Bolton away uh, last season, so it was when we won the championship eventually. But it was uh, so I used to live in Manchester, and so the Bolton away fixture was one that I'd often try and get to. And uh, I, I went to the the same fixture a year before, and this is when the team that then went on to win was sort of just starting to form, and you could kind of see they were well, they hadn't really gelled yet, and we ended up drawing mm. that game. Was Lucien Favre in charge then, or was he? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yes, so Favre had started, and. Uh, this, it was quite early days still, so the, the, yeah, the, the vision hadn't quite come oh, okay. to fruition. But then uh, I went back a year later for the same fixture, and um, 
it was like a complete transformation, you know, like it was, I just remember being in the crowd and you kind of like, could hear people making noises like, oh, whoa, just like, oh. just so impressed yeah. with like the play that was happening. And I'd, I'd never experienced that, you know, as a noise. To be fair, weren't like Bolton in a lot of trouble at yeah, the time? and they did not do so well. <laughs> and we won 4-0 in okay. this game. So it was like a really confident win for the team and stuff. And yeah, really, really good memories of that day. And I think that would be my favorite, yeah, Norwich game. It that was, was your yeah. favorite kind of experience. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But all time, if you ask. Okay, all time. So this is actually the third favorite <laughs> game now. I've got one question though. Okay, okay. Um, do you get more excited about club football or about oh, national this team? This is an excellent segue games. into my all-time favorite game. I don't think I can look at. It's almost Leon. as if we prepared this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at Leon when I say this because I feel a bit awkward. Oh but my it, god! It's the Ten. it's the five-one World oh, Cup okay. qualifier England versus Germany game. So I was like really young, you know, for this like yeah, yeah, 2001. So yeah, I would have been ten years old, and uh, yeah, I remember watching it around a friend's house, and uh, yeah, it was it was such a good atmosphere, just you know watching it on TV, and then I remember uh, when the game finished, we were sort of sitting on this window ledge, and then someone called out like, "Did England win?" We're like, "Yeah, five one." <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever singing, singing out the window and stuff? And, uh, but yeah, like I find that's the game that I will be watching most on like YouTube and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you like, kind of yourself draw back to watching. Yeah, it. just watching the highlights over and over because it's yeah, such a good game. But but yeah, it didn't really. Uh, it was it was our peak, I guess, in that yeah. in that campaign. But um, yeah, it was yeah, it still will always be like one of those legendary games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's enough of me talking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was a very, that very good, very got, good introduction. I, I got too into it though. Cause no. you, you told me a few days ago, so I had too much time maybe <laughs> to dwell on my. No, answer, it's good, but. but it's very, very different surroundings to the game and film that we're discussing today. So, to mix things up on the podcast this week, we thought that we would discuss the uh, American Samoa Australia game from 2001, where they broke the record for the number of goals scored in the game. And tied into this, I think it's my favourite... I'm not sure it's my favourite f- sports film, but it's definitely my favourite football film. Mm-hmm. The film Next Goal Wins. I don't know how you guys... Did you guys enjoy it? What did you think of the your initial reaction to the film today? No, I genuinely enjoyed it. I think it was such a good film. It was very emotional. I loved the spirit. I loved the build-up. It was, it, was, it was very good. It's also funnier than I anticipated. I knew it was like this kind of underdog story and all this kind of stuff, but... There were so many like funny moments as well, you know. So let's do the quiz first, and then we'll after that we'll go into the game. Hello, my name's Danny, and welcome to Two Lads Talking, the weekly podcast where we rank a different subject each week from the worst to the best. We have Nate. Hello. And we have Zach. Hello. Get a brew, chill out tonight, and do the sucky penguin. <laughs> no, oh, it's not really warm. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I have to get my fan out. <laughs> Listen to us battle it out with subjects ranging from biscuits to zoo animals. I love the part of Nelson Mandela. Where are you from? <laughs> Check us out every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, I'm, I don't think you understand, Dan. I lost my pants. Two lads talking. Hang on a minute. There's three of us. So welcome back to the show. Um, this week, to celebrate the show being all about the American Samoa team and also the film Next Goal Wins... We thought we would have a quiz based on World Cup minnows and small countries around the world and also having a bit of sort of random trivia questions about teams around the world. But because it's Rob's first time on the podcast, he's going to join up with Leon 
together to make a team and yes. if they get the if they get the question right they get a point and if they get it wrong I get a point and we see who's winner at the end very so exciting. sound good Are you ready for question one let's do it alright that's very affirmative yeah. oh, take, like it it. Away, Alex. <laughs> take it away okay question one according to world rankings who is the lowest ranked European team Ooh. lowest ranked European team yeah lowest in the FIFA rankings among yeah the UEFA teams somewhere like I know where think of the micro states oh Faroe Islands I, oh. yeah let's go with let's go oh, with the themed as well right of course no it be. has to be yeah, I think okay. also Germany beat them once like yeah, with a super I, high score take yeah. Faroe Islands yeah. you go with Faroe Islands right? yeah I can but tell you find a call okay I can tell you that you're wrong so the, oh. lowest, <laughs> the lowest ranked European team is San Marino so, oh San Marino oh, okay. yeah question number two Togo qualified for their first World Cup in 2006. What is their nickname? A. The Black Stars B. The Elephants C. The Indestructible Jaguars or D. The Sparrow Hawks Can you repeat? Uh, what, what is the nickname of the Togo team? Black Stars, uh, Elephants, yeah. Indestructible Jaguars or The Sparrow Hawks I feel like Indestructible Jaguars is quite a funky name to come up with <laughs> just by yourself. <laughs> also highly unlikely. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What were your first guess, though? Intuitively, yeah, I, for some reason, was it the Sparrowhawks? That was D. Yes. Yeah. For some reason, that, but I could not tell you why. Okay. <laughs> Cook, do you know? Aren't there any other teams that are called like the the the, the what are, what's the first one? The black. The black stars. Hmm. Are these all unique team names? Like, like, might they be team names of some other teams? Um, I don't know the other. Actually, yeah, I think so. I think the first two. I know, I know. Um, sorry, I'm giving away the answers. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, play, play I recognize. I recognize at least three of them. I don't know about a fourth one. Okay, we we gotta go with the fourth one then. Okay. Wasn't it that you yeah, yeah. to answer? Let's, yeah. let's go. For so that you're move. going for the Sparrowhawks? The Sparrowhawks. Sparrowhawks is correct. Yeah, guys, one one. Okay. Okay, I'll trust my instincts <laughs> now. Then question number three: the Micronesia under 23 team competed in the 2015 Pacific Games what was their goal difference after their three games should we just guess yeah a number okay. if it's within 20 I'll give it to you oh okay. wow, okay. wow <laughs> so it, it can't be that low I after guess after how many games <laughs> three three, three. <laughs> you're saying within 20 okay right well uh it was Micronesia under 20? Under 23. Under so there was like 20. a under 23 tournament that okay. Micronesia competed at. Okay, so this does not count to the international matches. Where no. The, where, where the, no, where the scale of uh, it's Samoa. Yeah. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the highest victory that has yeah. happened. Okay, so so it's probably higher. Yeah. Let's go 40. I'm thinking, I'm per match. 42. 42, and then add it up. Or, or is 42 oh, the saying, final? No, per match. Per, per match, man. Yikes, okay. Well, let's, let's triple it then. Yeah. Should, should, should we? I think we should. Go, go, go 100 or 120? 119. 119 okay, it so, is. So minus 119? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. So, so the correct answer is minus 114. So you're what? five off. <laughs> Great! So they lost. Okay. They lost. Spot on. Yeah. So they lost one of their games against Vanuatu, minus forty-six nil. Oh my god! But the full game is on YouTube, and I watched some of it, and it's 
it's really ridiculous because so there was a group of four and there was goal difference to decide the top team mm-hmm. yeah. so Vanuatu have scored like their 27th goal and they're like it's like they've scored a consolation goal because they're just like running and grabbing the ball and r- sprinting back to the halfway line to go again it's just like oh. so ridiculous well. ridiculous to watch I mean that's that's a goal every sec- seven, uh, second uh, minute right question number four in 2002 in protest at a refereeing decision in their previous match Madagascar team Esso Lehemre scored own goal after own goal in the next game against AS Adima. What was the final score? How how much own goals can you manage in a minute? I mean, probably you're not as efficient and, and as highly motivated yeah. if you just score own goals, right? But I think I remember, I think they, they, they actually went through it like all the way. Like, they didn't stop. For the entire game? For... for, for so we're looking game. at some a number around ninety, then I suppose. I'm gonna have to need an answer again within twenty. Are we gonna go more than the last guess? That was 114. But that was for for, for four matches. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there is a slight difference, yeah. yeah. But I mean, okay, okay, okay yeah. let's go something ninety six. Ah, I think we're going too many. Okay. I think more like sixty something. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Then 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 let's say seventy. So okay, yeah. 70? 70 so. it is. You were less than half, so they, it was 149 no. 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 Oh. Oh. I mean, either way, it wouldn't have been even close. The final score was AS Adima 149 SOL Emre. Which is no. actually an impressive accomplishment, right? But what I love when I read about this, there were some spectators at the game, and once they saw what was going on, they all rushed to the ticket office demanding their, mo- their money right, back. Yeah. Did they get it though? As I don't know, it didn't say in the article I read, but yeah, they're still. I mean, I don't know how they scored 150 in mean. 90 it's minutes. That's quite impressive. Anyway, that's a point for me. Okay, what's the score? Two two oh, after four. Exciting. Mm. Question five: Which city has the most clubs competing in its country's top division? A Moscow, B Rome, C Tokyo, D London. Intuitively, intuitively, I would say London. Yeah. I mean, the question is, is the, is it that easy? Is he playing mind games? I'm gonna have to need an answer. What were the options again? Moscow, Moscow, Rome, Tokyo, Tokyo, London. Might also be Tokyo. I think it's between those two. Uh, let's go with with got reaction let's go with London London it is London is correct yeah. okay good you're in the lead question number six in 2002 on the same day as the World Cup final the other final took place between the bottom two teams in the FIFA world rankings who won the game A Bhutan B Eritrea C Montserrat or D Solomon Islands I don't remember this one. Do <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember the game? No, no, I mean, no. It's a shame. I don't think I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Solomon uh, Island. Yeah, why not? It's I Solomon mean, it's, Island. Yeah. It has to be, Alex. Come on, don't disappoint. Okay, the correct answer is Bhutan. <sighs> Bhutan beat uh, Montserrat 4-0. Okay. There is another excellent football documentary called The, the Other Final, which is about this game. Right, which we okay. might, might cover at some point. Anyway, that's a point for me. 3-3. Question number seven. In what country would you find FC Santa Claus? A. Finland. 
<laughs> B. Sweden. C. Norway. D. Denmark. I mean, I'm assuming Finland. It's my first thought, but is it too easy? That far up north. Let's go Finland. Yeah. FC Santa Claus. Finland is correct. Yes. You're four, three up. Okay. Three more questions to go. Name the largest country in the world in terms of population who have never played in a World Cup. A. Bangladesh. B. India. C. Indonesia. Or D. China. Have China been in the World Cup? China played? I think they have won. I don't know if he's trying to throw us off with this like population part of the question because it's going to make us go towards China, right? Because it's, yeah, it's massive, but... Mm. China is massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have they competed in a World Cup? I can't recall ever seeing them play. <laughs> I'm loving the pain this is causing you, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard to, to remember. I'm gonna need an answer. I mean, so far, kind of the intuitive answer was correct, right? Like with London. Yeah. We, right. we overthought this a bit he's too not much. Try- yeah. So yeah. maybe he's just not trying to, you know. He's not a yeah, tricky quiz master. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, give give, give yeah. us a wrong trail. So, so, still, I would say China's played, but. You think they have? I think they have won. Oh, let's not go with that then. Okay. Let's not go with that. Uh, we'll go India. Let's go India. Rock, okay. paper, scissors? No, okay. no, no, I'm, I'm happy to go India. India is correct. Yeah, nice China man. played at the 2002 World Cup. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. there you go. Here we go. Okay, 5 3 in the lead. Question 9. Qatar are only the second team to host the World Cup without qualifying before. Name the first A. South Africa, B. Switzerland, C. Uruguay, or D. Chile. Second team to to host the World Cup who have never qualified. Can you name them again? South Africa, Switzerland, Uruguay, or Chile. Bafana, Bafana. Go South Africa. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go South Africa. The correct answer is Uruguay. Mm. Uruguay hosted the first ever World Cup in 1930. Oh, that's now the tricky question. Very comes. good, though. That's good. So it's kind of a good build-up, right? Because yeah. before you could kind of play it safe, and then suddenly, you know, it just throws you into the cold water. Yeah. Are you ready? This, the, the, the last question is quite a like a long little novella. Okay, what's the, what's the score? Yeah, where, where are it's we? five four to you. Oh my god! Oh. So this is to take the time. So, 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 so we, we cannot lose. Show. Uh, no, it's, it's a good that's position, right? A good fullback position. We cannot yeah. lose today. Yeah. All right. In Nigeria, in 2013, Plateau United Feeders and Police Machine FC went into the final league game of the season, level on points at the top. At halftime, the games played simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Feeders led 7-0 and Police Machine led 6-0. How many did both teams score in the second half? Everything about that build-up makes me think it's zero. It's such a long build-up. Yeah. And also the last question. But maybe it's a massive number as well. But a massive number would be kind of random to guess, right? I feel like zero is something that you could intuitively, you know. Right, yeah. 
kind of explain why you take this pick. Every other every other number is just random. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Happy log zero. In, log in zero. I can reveal. Feeders scored seventy two goals. Oh, that was <laughs> massive. In the second half. Yeah. Well, police machine scored sixty one times after. <laughs> So Feeders took the title with a 79-0 win. Police machine could only manage 67. Did you did you find the matches? Yes, and no, I wasn't able to find the footage of the game. All I could find was a news article from the Nigerian Football Federation, which was saying the games were under investigation ah. for potential. <laughs> One wonders why. One wonders what could have happened in the second half. Oh, so we bring this to our final scores. So we have a level score of five all. Oh, mm. That's a good start. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, good performance so far, Rob. Good. Thanks. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of it was guesswork. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so in 2001, uh, Australia came into the game against American Samoa, having played a few days earlier. They beat Tonga 22 nil, and already it was kind of set that they were pro- they were going to break that record and create. The, a new record for the most goals scored in the game, and American Samoa, being the world the the lowest team in the FIFA World Rankings, were kind of they were already um, backs up against the wall and kind of ex- imagining that they would have uh, a very difficult situation against Australia. But then their situation was made worse by certain circumstances as well, wasn't it, Leon? Yeah, I mean, also they haven't won a single match since they joined FIFA, right, yeah. in 1998. So <laughs> that's kind of the setup. Um, and then, yeah, the, a lot of their players weren't actually allowed to participate in that match due to passport issues. So you've got kind of this this um, David, which is already uh, struggling, uh, arriving in Australia. And um, most of the players weren't actually able to play. So what, what what happened was that they recruited a lot of youth players. So actually three 15 years old were on the team. And they also had a couple of players who actually never had played a 90-minute match before. Mm. So this was kind of the, yeah. the, the setup for the whole match. And then going up against the numbers 75 of the whole FIFA World yeah, Cup. Yeah, and uh, although Australia had rested a few players, it was still pretty much like... Professional professionals close to their full team. Yeah, it was not you know, and they're, they're playing against high school players and with an average age of eighteen, 18, and, yeah. 18 in the team. And uh, yeah, before the game, I think one of the uh, the coach of the American Samoa team said there was like they were praying for a miracle to at least keep the score down. And then so we watched some of the highlights of the goals and. I mean, actually, yeah, they managed the first ten minutes, right? That's the thing, right? They yeah. keep they keep it to nil nil for the first ten minutes, and then. The goals just start raining in, Rob. Right? It's just like minutes after. Well, we can believe it watching the highlights because we had to keep like kind of pausing and just checking the timer each time a, yeah. a goal appeared because it was like minutes, well, like a single minute separating so many of these goals. I think uh, when we were watching, it, I was just like, so uh, you know, is American Samoa like in possession at all in this game? Like, yeah. how mm. quick? You know, it's amazing how quickly Australia were taking. You know, possession. Possession after you know uh, after kicking off again. It's just yeah. And a lot of the goals are very similar in how they happen, right? There are right. a lot of them. They're not like trying. Australia aren't really trying sort of long range shots. A lot no. of just like they're basically just dribbling it into the box and then just playing it across. Or they rush through on the sides, yeah, exactly. and then yeah. pass it in, and then they just score. So it's kind of poor defending. It's very poor marking. Yeah. Which kind of shows how little 
tactical awareness no, maybe there no. was at that point in time yeah. with, with Samoa mm-hmm. or American Samoa. Yeah, and this is also a very um, important game because for Australia, they kind of, they've always been a little, been pushing to play in Asia because Oceania is the only region which does not get a guaranteed World Cup place. So yeah. the, the winner of the Oceania region always had to play a playoff against, um, against South America or another region. And so Australia and New Zealand are like much better than the other teams in that region. Purely, you know, obviously population plays a big part in that. You know, population numbers between these countries and these tiny islands. And they, they always often Australia breeds, breeds through all these games. You know, beating Tonga by twenty goals or beating teams like ten to fifteen, and then they come up against a proper, uh, you know, well-organized team against in Uruguay, who they lost to to qualify for the thousand two World Cup. And they you know not being able to cope with the you know the increased uh, quality. So as kind of a, as a result of this game, um, the Oceania region introduced preliminaries to try and stop this these major differences happening. But also yeah. Australia would eventually leave the leave the Oceania region and now play in Asia where they get more competitive games. Yeah. So this is kind of used for the background for the film Next Goal Wins, where it's. Based ten years on, I mean, people, everyone, most people who kind of follow football and stuff, have kind of vaguely heard this story about American Samoa being the worst team in the world, and like how funny it is. How is it possible to concede thirty-one goals in a game? And then, so the filmmakers go uh, and they pitch up in American Samoa for the team as they're kind of beginning to prepare prepare for the Pacific Games. And yeah, I mean, just the stories of the whole team are just like they immediately kind of grab you, right? I mean, the the setup is kind of w- what we were talking about. Um, they they were preparing for the South Pacific Games. Uh, the, the team spirit was kind of low. They were still all um, working together quite hard to actually achieve like a win after so many years at one point in time. But um, you could tell that it was not the most professional environment. Really. No. So they, they bring in... So their goalkeeper, uh, Nicky. I don't have his... Yeah, Nicky Salapu. Okay. He... Uh, he lives in Seattle, right? And yeah. he comes back from Seattle to compete. In these and games. He's, and he's, you have to say he's traumatized yeah. from oh, the match against Australia. Yeah, right? he's, the the only, he's the only remaining player from that 2001 right. game. And imagine yeah. that you're the goalie, right? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. You stand on the line all match and one goal after the And even in, like, I, I read like a match report of the Australia-American Samoa game. Yeah. And like, it gives like a lot of like... Uh, Commendation to him, like they talk about, like how well he did to keep the score down. Like, yeah, and you can see that he's quite a decent, yeah, only yeah. relative yeah. to like, the no, players he's playing with. But still, in the documentary, you get to know that actually people in America they talk about him and they yeah. sometimes shit talk a bit and be yeah. like, yeah, you know, you're the one who was in goal when most mm. of the goals happened in an international match. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, and he he talks. I think he, in the, in the interview, kind of at the start of the film, he's like, I want to be on the pitch when we maybe win a game or at least score a goal right yeah. He's a, yeah you know he wants to be part of the the team then that uh for the american samoa team that actually will you know be the first win their first ever game and also you know score a goal in a game yeah which is kind of a very humble approach yeah so they come yeah. they go to so the film like the first maybe half hour is with the team and they go to the south pacific games and they still do pretty badly right they still lose um I think their best result is only a 2-0 defeat. There's a couple of 8-0 defeats in yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, the morale is very low. Like, Nicky is like... There's a lot of sort of shots of Nicky sort of looking forlorn at the situation. No, and it's also very telling. I mean, after the tournament, Nicky, the goalie, who was recruited against 
again for for the South Pacific Games. He mm-hmm. ju- he just quits. He says that Retires, this yeah. is enough. I always had this dream of winning one match mm-hmm. with the uh, American Samoan yeah. team, but this it should not be, and he, this is he it. Throws in the towel, yeah. and it's I, very sad. Like him, you know, you can see like the shot of him kind of walking away from it, just like I've given so much yeah. to this American Samoan team. You know, I have so much pride in where I'm from, but I can't. I can't come back for another more. Like I can't get, take more time off work to go fly thousands of miles to play for this team again. Right. You know, it's time for the baton to sort of be passed on to someone else. Yeah. So then, so then it goes back to the team um, in American Samoa, and they de- they're dealing with this earthquake. Very, you know, in the in the aftermath of these games, there's, a, there's an earthquake which hits and the, a tsunami, especially. Yeah. yeah. Which it was just calamity that just completely destructs a lot of the the buildings everywhere on the island. Um, but the place you can kind of see the spirit of the place when they, immediately afterwards they go to the pitch, they try to rebuild everything just so that they can keep on playing football. Yeah, so you've got training, this team yeah. that loses match after match after match, but still the first thing that they think of after you know something grave as this has happened, mm. they go back to the pitch. They want to train again. And so yeah, that's that, that's how how high their spirits still were, which is in, incredible. Yeah. So so American Samoa put up like a call to the Amer- the U.S. Football Federation um, a couple of months before their World Cup qualifiers. Okay, can we get some help? For help, yes. For help, mm. can we get some training and stuff? And I think it's also pointing like Thomas Rongen isn't the first sort of foreign or or they use a phrase you know like uh, there's like a there's a phrase that they use for um, white people who sort of like flow in and they come in and try and teach them. Yeah, we can fix this. Yeah, we can fix them. But they don't really sort of ingratiate themselves in the culture, culture and it's sort of like the greats and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then uh, it doesn't work out. So then Thomas Rangan comes in and it's it's safe to say from like the moment he appears on the screen, he's like, you know, he's they, like the people who sort of shot this documentary are like, okay, now we've got a winner, right? If they've got <laughs> Thomas Rangan on stage. But he was the only applicant. Yeah. In this this call up, right? I know uh, something I noticed that he was the only person who kind of responded to this, and uh, yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, what was what was his kind of motivation to step in and do this? You know, it was I mean, a huge challenge, yeah, right? huge. But I mean, he's achieved a lot in America, right? Like he's won the MLS once. Yeah. He was also one of the coaches that were actually part of the inauguration league, like the first league and everything. So I feel like he's he's got all the experience and maybe also has achieved all the goals that he had in America. So he was up for a new challenge. Mm. And I mean, he also talks about uh, this daughter dying and that he wanted to find some space and some environment where he could give back something and right. actually kind of channel this love and this uh, all, all his talents that he had in a way that would bring uh, maybe love but also happiness and achievements to other people so. and I think it's also the film works so well in that because he when initially when he's on sc- like when he comes on screen He's very abrasive, and you see him sort of rubbing up against the American Samoa culture with the thing with them going to church in the evenings and stuff like that. And you're not quite sure whether you want to sympathize him with him as a character, right? Because he's very, you know, very in your face. And very dominant. Yeah, dominant and kind of abusive to them and stuff like that. And then slowly over time, you see through the film him building this relationship with the players and then building this kind of trust and him them kind of realizing that he's okay even though he's here for a short time he's not just doing this for like a quick pay packet or just like a, a thingy that he can put on a yeah, cv yeah, he actually does actually care about them creating some 
some kind of story. Yeah, because I feel like at first I was a bit scared because most of the Simone players, they it seemed like they had a lot of fun playing the game and also p training for, mm. for the competitions. And he came there with a very professional approach. So you're kind of left thinking whether this works out, whether this can be combined. But yeah, throughout the documentary, you actually get to know that this, this is possible, this mm. synthesis. And even like... Uh, well, it's pointed out that uh, a lot of the players are also working at uh, other jobs, you know, mm. during throughout the day. So when he's describing their training schedule, they have to arrive at five in the morning, train yeah. before work, go do a full day's work, and then come back at five p.m. and mm. continue. And that, that's, you know, credit to them, you know, having having that you know endurance to, to be able to, you know. Yeah, and what I like enjoy about the documentary is it begins to sort of flesh out the characters of the team. So along with along with Nikki, so the goalkeeper from the 2001 team who has all the scar tissue, another hugely important character in the team who the film really does really do, does good at sort of fleshing out is uh, Jaya Salua, who uh, belongs to something which exists in Pacific culture called the Fafafina, which is a third gender. So although her passport uh, name is Johnny, she goes by female... Uh, gender characteristics and uh, as such you kind of see her being accepted by the team and you kind of like this sort of like this story which begins to be fleshed out from this from the team and it's like oh this really interesting story of she goes on to being the first transgender footballer to play in a FIFA World Cup match and you kind of see how the team interact with her and also Thomas Rongen is sort of you see the, thing, the really good thing about Thomas Rongen joining the film is that he acts almost as kind of like a conduit for the viewer for the film that you kind of begin to see the island and the team through his eyes rather than it being a very sort of like superficial understanding of the team and how he builds relationships with these players and also how mm. they interact with him yeah because he himself struggles at the beginning right and then he actually manages to build these relationships and stuff so yeah it takes yeah you're, you're completely right it takes the viewer on the hand mm, yeah so along with uh, Nikki joining from the States, they, they call in two other interesting characters from, from the States who have uh, American, Samoan, uh, American Samoan background. That's right. Yeah, so there was uh, Rulston. Right? He's, uh, he, he was headhunted, I, I, I guess, yeah. right, by, uh, by Thomas, um, who has, uh, well, his grandparents were from uh, American Samoa. And uh, so he was able to play on the team uh, through that nationality, but he'd always uh, lived in the U.S., but you know his his story is very interesting because um, being called up for this was like his ex, uh, his kind of uh, way of going back to his you know uh, his family roots. Yeah, and, he talks know, about his grandfather who left the islands, who so he's crying when he when he finds out that his his grandson is actually going to be able to go back to yeah. American Samoa and represent yeah. his country. And also there's there's Ramen Oates whose wife is about to give birth, and he's in the army, and he's like <laughs> he gets the call up, and it's like, well, I love football and. And if I have this opportunity to go back and represent American Samoa and try and create some something history, he's like, okay, well, I've got to take it. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's highly interesting because that's kind of the reality that a lot of uh, American Samoans face, right? Because yeah. of economic hardship, they don't have a lot of opportunity to mm -hmm. actually maybe earn the living that they want to earn, and so a lot of them sign up for the military, for the U.S. military, to have this opportunity to to, to build a different life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the team, you see the team uh, with Thomas Rongen over the course of a month sort of building up and they think building up their, their quality before they go off to uh, play in the World Cup qualifying 
World Cup qualifying games. And also, we should mention that Nicky Salapu had actually retired and was like saying he was done, but he gets the call from Thomas to yeah. come back and play for the team. And he's like, I think there's something special going on here that maybe I want to be part of this. So then he. Yeah, the goalie is yeah. back again. Yeah. Once, he once goes more. back. He's like back for one last ride, you know? <laughs> and all in all, I feel like all this adds up and it feels like the turnaround, right? Yeah. Like now you feel everything is possible. They sure, might yeah. actually make something happen. Mm. Yeah, like I've never been so invested in a f- like a f- maybe a, like a sports team like represented on film. No, you no, know I mean? totally agree. Yeah, but also because their personality shines through yeah, so exactly. much, right? You so can be like Jaya and you have like Nikki you feel and connected the players to them. And, like, yeah, yeah, and then also you feel kind of connected to the whole community, right? Because yeah. the, even the priest gives them their blessing and yeah, tells that they yeah. do well. And so, he talks about like uh, was he talking about David and Goliath? And, like, yeah, them right. going to play against the other island nations and yeah. like, stuff like this. It's super cool. Yeah, yeah, and then so so they go off to play the World Cup qualifying game tournament. And Rongin gives a speech before the game starts, which includes probably my favourite quote from the from the <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah, I've got this just in just in my notes. Uh, yeah, Thomas says he he would cut off his penis in order to play in World Cup qualifiers, right? <laughs> so it's to try and inspire the team. <laughs> And make them realise, I guess, uh, how how privileged they are to be going to yeah, compete and in this. Yeah, and I don't think he's tr- said this to be like funny, but the guys oh, no, on the no, team. No, 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 <laughs> he's, he's genuine, man. Yeah. He would actually. He's got this butcher knife ready, man. If yeah, someone yeah. would have told him, okay, if you do it, you can jump off the team. <laughs> the penis would have yeah. been off, man. And yeah. the guys on the team are just like cracking up. Yeah, this. like they're also like they're, they're sort of like, who is this crazy guy who's <laughs> just like so into it? But yeah, so they start. Their tournament starts with a game against uh, Tonga. Yeah. And uh, they, so the game starts and they actually score their first... Uh, they score this goal with this sort of long-range shot by Arthur and the goalkeeper. It was a howler, man. <laughs> Finally, I get to say it. It was a howler. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of bounces against yeah. the head of the goalie. And the goalkeeper sort of dives too far and it sort of goes in. Yeah, and then it just shot. goes in. And then like the celebrations are mad. It's like they've won the World Cup. Like, it's it's right over to the bench. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was off my seat. And yeah, was, like, the relief, the, the happiness, I was, like, this is the, the emotions. Yeah, that's so good. So they not, not but, but it's not the, it's not just the goal though right it's yeah. also their performance yeah. like you could tell that they could have these you know triangular passes yep. and would do the runs mm. and everything like you feel like this is a proper football team playing a yeah. match and having a match plan so yeah. you could really yeah. really feel the influence of Thomas Rongen and also of all the effort and all the sweat and maybe all the, all the tears yeah. that these players have put into the preparation and so it is very very inspiring in no. such a like, quick amount of time as well like yeah. three months or something and then not three, even less like about right. a month yeah I just in that they transformed into a team that starts playing you know while all of them had to work yeah. whilst they all had jobs yeah. it's insane yeah. yeah so they score one goal and then um, they score a second one in the second half where uh, Luani goes out through and scores like loves the goalkeeper and this this guy um, what's it Shalom Luani he actually plays in the NFL, like in American football now. Really? He's a professional NFL player. No way. What? Wow. So he, yeah, he plays for the for Houston Texans in the NFL. Amazing. Yeah, so that's super incredible. crazy. Because I think also there are quite a few sort of in the NFL uh, American Samoans, like American Samoan descents, yeah. who play American football because of the obviously the connection and stuff. So yeah, so they take the tune up and then they concede and they're just like hanging on for like the last twenty minutes. Oh, but their fitness problems. Yeah, you can see them. Their cramps. Yeah. People are lying on the pitch. 
they really they, they, all the substitutes they, they're and, fighting uh, and they're giving it all they have but it gets tougher and tougher yeah you, that's the first time you can really see yeah that they you know reality kind of set in right in the last minute Tonga have the chance to level it to uh, stop American Samoa getting their first ever win and then Jai is there to clear it off the line off the line yeah yeah and then it's crazy and then the celebrations afterwards are just so like intense you and know? I mean the coach actually says that she's the, the, the woman of the match right yeah I yeah. think she has. I think she has yeah. the um, because I think in one of the pictures afterwards she has like, like a, a medal thing on. So I think she like she yeah she won player of the match. Yeah, which was yeah was super cool. Obviously, and then you know the celebrations afterwards. They're like people are in tears, and I had a little bit of like the first time I saw this film, I had a bit of a tear. Something this in my time head. as well though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was at this time as well. Yeah, it doesn't take too much to make me cry in a movie. But, um, so, yeah, and then it's super cool, the celebrations, and then, yeah. And then now they actually have a chance of going through to the next round of the qualifying. Yeah. Um, and for that, they actually, the, the coach said that it's fine for them to draw the next match uh, against Cook Island, and that's actually what happens, right? But, yeah, so it sets up this grudge match, which he sets up, he calls it, like, the Classico. Yeah. The Classico of, of American Samoa versus Samoa. And so it's the nil. The derby. It's nil-nil. Like, you see they're playing super hard. You know, they're fighting for, like, I think Samoa are a little bit better, but they're still, like, they're, the training has sort of kicked in and they're... It feels really very in, physical. Yeah, very physical, and it's very in the game. And they go through right at the end, and they have a, they have a shot which just trickles... And hits the post. It hits the post so close. So yeah. they nearly scored um, American Samoa, but then immediately Samoa takes the ball. They do the counter attack. It's really quick, and they're actually in the dying minutes. You can see it coming. There, right? You could see. Yeah. You could see it coming. They they score. So that's yeah. the loss. That's and the that's defeat. The that's the end of the dream. Of the team. And it yeah. it is bittersweet again. Yeah. And it made me think of what we talked about before. How how sometimes when. A team actually does not manage to get to the final stage of mm. whatever you know they were aiming for, and it's kind of a bittersweet ending to the tournament performance. How it gives a, it sh shines an extra spotlight on their performance and yeah. on their what, how they try to actually achieve what they, what they were aiming for. And I feel like this this applies to this this. Uh, yeah, I think also if well. if if the if they their win had been like their last game. Yeah. Would the film have a very sort of different feeling? Because then it would have ended them with sort of triumphant crescendo, yeah, like a consolation sort of. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That they had got their first ever win, but rather with this, it had like the sort of fifteen minutes before the end. It had the you know the emotional climax of the film of like oh they've got the victory. Yeah. But then there was still time for that little bit of heartbreak right at the end. Yeah. Which was yeah, and then so the team sort of breaks up, and you know Thomas Rongen is he, like he's very sort of emotional about the situation, and you know going back to the states, and the team are sort of breaking up now, but then they've sort of achieved this incredible thing, which was like in the newspapers all around the world that the worst team in the world had finally won a game, and yeah. you know they're like so full of pride, and you know the the, the um the official from the federation is crying at the end you know when he's talking about that he won't see them at the very bottom of the rankings yeah and it's so good as well because you know you saw him having a quite a open argument with thomas rongan earlier yeah, in the at film. the beginning yeah. yeah yeah and now he's like so the, happy the about, big reconciliation yeah. at the end yeah 
No, he actually said that now when he looks at the ranking, he doesn't scroll up from the bottom, but the deck he actually starts from the top yeah. and goes down until he sees American Samoa. No, it's 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 really like really beautiful, very pure and very just I think just like leaves you with a bit of a kind of glow yeah. at the end. And especially because you know what this means to the community and to the players and to their personal histories and stories, right? Mm. It's a lot. Yeah. Taking home this win and this performance. And showing them what they yeah. can do also. I mean, this doesn't have to be the end of whatever happens with American no. Samoa's football um, uh, history, but it still showed them that there is the opportunity that when you train, when you've got the right tactics and stuff, you can achieve something. And I think this spark of uh, hope is something that's, that's super important. So I found out recently it's been made into a sort of Hollywood that's film right, yeah. or comedy. Due to be released later this year, I think. Um, Directed by yeah, Taika Waititi, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that was a really interesting story, and I really enjoyed covering this as a sort of difference to just a sort of typical football game to actually sort of like a documentary. Yeah, played. I enjoyed it a lot. Me too. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it was a story I hadn't heard much about before. You know, uh, it was suggested, and yeah, amazing. I'm going to be recommending it to all my football buddies, and yeah, cool. definitely. Great stuff. So thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. Um, not sure what's coming next week. Maybe, maybe we might be changing sort of a different, uh, different game to look at. But have a look out for it. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating and review. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Woo! Thanks for having me, fellas. Had a really good time. Yeah, it was very good having a sound man. Sound Rob is works is sort yeah. of set up our whole. Sound I hope thing. you can hear it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Rob would be a shame. We we'd blame Rob if this is worse. <laughs> and thanks again, Leon. As always, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. All right, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Podcast Network.